everyone, and welcome to Winging It, a podcast brought to you by the Biology of Birds class here at UNC Charlotte. My name is Isabella, and I am joined by my classmates, Haiti and Gregory. Hello. Hey. When we think about animal play, I think our thoughts naturally gravitate towards birds, and that's not super surprising. There are over 10,000 species of birds, and they've been taking the skies long before humans ever got here, so it's not super surprising that flight has fascinated people since the dawn of time. The ability to soar through the skies has always been a source of wonder and the subject of countless stories, poems, and songs throughout history. You guys heard of pterosaurs? They are prehistoric animals that had membrane wings like those of bats, which makes me think that membrane wings might just be better than feathered wings. When it comes to current flying animals, there's another group of really diverse, interesting flyers that dominate the night skies. Bats. You've probably heard of bats referred to as flying rats due to the fact that they look a lot like them, but they're actually more closely related to primates and humans. Bats have those weird things that connect their legs to their arms, right? Yeah, it also connects to their tails too, and those wings are made of a thin membrane, and it has something like spokes of a bicycle wheel, which allows for the support of the stretch membrane, and those are made from bones. Um, the actual bone structure of a bat's wing, essentially modified hands, differs significantly from the modified forearms that make up the structure of a bird's wing. So there's the shape of the actual wing, and probably the biggest difference, the lack of feathers. It's that last point, the feathers, that we'll really be honing in on today. How important are they really to the efficiency and effectiveness of flight? We'll be exploring the differences between membrane-based and feather-based wings to find out their strengths, weaknesses, and trade-offs. Are feathers the end-all, be-all for flight? Or are they, like many things in evolutionary history, a structure that does the job just well enough? Feathers have, as far as we know, only evolved once through any lineage of animals on Earth. Compare that to membrane wings, which show up in other animals. When you look at a bird, the first thing you notice are probably the feathers that cover their body, and that's not always the case for animals that have the ability to fly, such as bats. So wait, I'm drawing a blank. Are there any other animals besides bats that have wings? Sugar gliders are a good example. They are tiny marsupials that look a lot like squirrels that have a furry membrane spanning from their hands to their feet, lacking feathered wings. They climb up to the forest canopy where they can locate bugs, and then they glide down to catch them. It doesn't really sound like flying per se, but it goes to show that feathers aren't the end-all be-all for flight or aerial movement. Exactly. Well, what about the common dracos? These are lizards that function in the same way as sugar gliders do, with similar sh gliding structures, using their membranous wings to escape predators and maneuver through forest. And pterosaurs? Sure. Now, take a bat, for example. A mammal that has the capability to fly via membrane wings, and if you look closer, you'll notice that bats have an extremely different flight pattern than birds. It's more sporadic. When they fly, bats typically will flip their tail down on the upstroke of the flap and up on the downstroke. What in the world is an upstroke or a downstroke? It's basically the upward or downward portion of the flapping movement. If I were to tell you to flap like a bird, bringing your arms up would be the upstroke and down would be the downstroke. There was also one study that compared bats and birds of similar sizes under similar ecological niches, such as migration and feeding behavior, and they found that the bats produced more drag or resistance while flying than the birds, and they also produced different upstroke motions than the birds. They believed that it was because the birds had a more streamlined body than that of the bats. Bats have large ears and noses because they rely heavily on echolocation, right? Yeah, they use them to source their prey, and those are probably the reason why they experience more drag. But you know, maybe we're looking at this question the wrong way. How so? They're not necessarily filling the same ecological niche. We just said that bats are nocturnal. They don't really migrate for long distances, they rely heavily on echolocation to feed in the dark, and so the environmental pressures shaping the dynamics of bat flight are going to be different than the ones that shape the dynamics of bird flight. And maybe even more importantly, they haven't really been around as long as birds have. 
Hey, first go back to the time of the dinosaurs, but bats, the first bat fossils didn't really show up until the Miocene, about 50 million years ago. So when we're talking about the efficiency of bat wings or bird wings, it's with a group of animals that have had a 100 million year head start. So how do we answer the main question? Feathers or membrane wings? Well, you make a wing from scratch. I stumbled on an interesting study out of China that looked at a one-to-one -one comparison between a membrane wing and a feathered wing that they constructed in the lab. When you say constructed, I mean, they literally made a carbon fiber wing with a polyester membrane on one side and used goose feathers to construct a similarly sized wing on the other, then hooked them up to a motor and measured their performance. We removed the different types of feathers, bone structures, and metabolisms, and all the other variants that gets in the way of the central question of which wing type, feathered, or membrane performs better. So what'd they find out? Look, I need to preface this by saying that there were limitations in this experiment. A real feathered wing has a level of symmetry that comes from being from the same organism. And what they picked up from the market may have been feathers from a whole host of different geese, meaning they didn't perfectly match up or have the streamlined function of that of a natural bird wing. These sound like excuses. Sounds like a wild goose chase to me. And despite that, the feathered wing produced more lift or upward force, consumed less power, and was more efficient by the major metrics that they were testing for. One of the reasons for that is that the membrane and feathered wing had comparable downstroke lift generation, but on the upstroke, the gaps in the feathered wing allowed for reduced drag. So the feathered wing is better. At least for the experimental setup, the feathered wing is better. I like to say that I was on team membrane going into this. Pterosaurs were amazing. I also considered being on team membrane, but who can resist the colorful feathers of birds? Although pterosaurs were a pretty persuasive player. Right, even though membrane wings have evolved more times in nature, it seems that feathers are more like specialized, the more colorful and pretty, and they just can't be ignored. They give the bird the ability to generate lift, and they can help to decrease drag while flying. This combined with the streamlined anatomy of birds makes them extremely efficient in not only flying, but also conserving enough energy to go through with long distance migration. Which means I think we have to give feathered wings the win. <laughs> well, uh, thank you all for joining us on the first episode of Wing It. We hope you all learned something today, and we hope to see you guys again next time. Mm -hmm.